Miracy. My community consists of seekers. So when they come to me, they're saying something to the effect of, there's more for me to do, and I'm not sure what it is, and it's killing me. So I help seekers seek. That's my purpose. That's my reason for being here. Are you a coach looking to deepen your practice and explore the power of purpose? Do you want to know how you can tap into your unique purpose as a coach to create coaching experiences that truly transform lives? I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. In the ever-evolving landscape of coaching, it's crucial to take a moment and reflect on our own purpose, that driving force behind our calling. Because coaching is not just a job. It's a calling that requires coaches to serve others with integrity. We dedicate our lives to our clients' needs and aspirations, but in doing so, we mustn't neglect our own purpose and the impact we desire to make in the world. Today, I've invited Tammy Brannon to the show. She designed a program for professionals called The Blueprint Process, which guides professionals to discover their purpose, uncover their individuality, and implement it in the workplace. She's also the author of the upcoming book, You Have a Purpose. The question is, what is it? Welcome, Tammy. Thank you, Melinda. I just loved everything you just said about purpose and how it impacts coaching and coaching clients. Well, I am so glad because we're in for a great conversation on that very topic. And before we get into that, would you mind just sharing a little bit of background with our listeners? Absolutely. I would say that the concept of helping other people has been with me ever since I was yay high. I've always kind of gone above and beyond wanting to help other people, sometimes to my parents' chagrin. I think everyone here can relate to wanting to give so much you give away compromised pieces of yourself. So this has been an ongoing journey ever since I was little. It was around 2006 that I started to recognize that my life was without purpose. I could not have put it in those words at that time, Melinda. It was just this very, very uncomfortable feeling of loss. And I went through a pretty massive self-study process to determine what that loss feeling equated to. And it resulted in actually me starting this business in uh, officially in 2008. And I've been doing it ever since. And as you understand so well, Melinda, that when we give of ourselves in terms of what we're uniquely qualified to do, we continue to gain and grow in that same area. We cannot give in areas that we ourselves are not constantly studying and improving. Oh, that one right there is good. We cannot give in areas where we are not improving, spending time in, dedicating ourselves to. That is so important. And, you know, purpose is a big topic. In the intro, I talked a little bit about calling, purpose. What's the distinction? Is there a difference between calling, purpose? Is it the same thing? I believe it is. I know that other people might disagree with that. I hear a lot of conversation around purpose being something that's external to you. 
I really believe that it's internal, which goes back to the concept of it being a calling. And I believe, Melinda, that it's a calling from our higher power, which I refer to as God, but it doesn't matter. The thing, the entity, the spiritual divine creator is calling us through our purpose to live it and fulfill it. Mm -hmm. Now, in preparing for this, I was just kind of taking a hindsight look at my journey. And ever since I was 13, I loved interior design stuff. I would lock myself in my bedroom when I was a, you know, 10, 12, 13 years old. I'd spend a whole Saturday just rearranging my room and redecorating it and finding new things and stealing stuff from other parts of the house. And mom would be like, no, 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 that stays here. And I just loved working in my space. And so I knew from the time I was a teenager, I was going to be an interior designer. That's what I pursued in school, graduated with a degree in it. My first jobs were that, loved it. And I thought that was, I don't know if I would have called it my purpose. I don't think I ever called it my purpose, but it was certainly my calling. It's what I loved to do is how I described it until coaching found me. And then I was like, wait, what's this? And then coaching became a thing. And I've been doing that for 22 years now. And what I discovered, but it was only in hindsight, was that it wasn't about interior design. It wasn't about coaching. Like that was the landscape that my purpose played in. But for me, that calling that purpose is helping people be their best. Nice. And when we think about calling and purpose, is it always about a, a job or a function or a thing that we do? How, how do you really get into that for our listeners? I actually love the way you put it. It was the landscape. It, you said, just to paraphrase, you said, it wasn't about interior design. It's not even about coaching. It's the landscape in which my purpose expresses itself. Forgive me if I'm misquoting. No, that's great. That's good. And I think that's it right there. And how relieving is that, Melinda, to know that, okay, once I'm done being a mom, right? My kids have grown up and they've moved out of the house. My purpose isn't done. My calling isn't done. No, no, no. That's just a landscape in which your purpose was playing. Exactly. And I had a colleague one time ask me, you know, what's the through line from everything that you've experienced in your life? Back from when I used to, like, she asked me, what are the, the games that you used to play as a kid, right? We always played teacher. Mm -hmm. My mom was a teacher, so it wasn't strange. But my sister and I, we geeked out on playing teacher and we would set up all the TV trays. We'd invite our friends over. Of course, I was a teacher and they were all the students and I made them do their work. And I was like, oh, I was a teacher. So it was interesting that that's what we did, you know, when I was seven, eight, nine years old. But my friend asked me, she's like, what's the through line in all the stuff you've been involved in? And that's where I really began to see, oh, the through line, what I love, what lights me up is helping people be their best, whether it's in the space they're in or the business that they're in or whatever they're doing, helping them be their best, live that God-given potential. And so that's the through line. And so I stopped looking at purpose as a thing or an entity or an accomplishment and when I started looking at it as a through line, I could relax into the expression of it. And I let go of, well, it has to look like a job in interior design, or it has to look like a certain thing of coaching that I'm doing. And I could really let it express itself. I like the way that you actually paraphrase that. And a lot of coaches, it's like, this is my calling. I'm meant to do this. Does that mean it's their purpose? Or do they, is there more work for them to do to discover their true purpose? Absolutely. Yeah. Because how you do that in the coaching framework is super important. Your people need to know that. How, how do you show up as a coach? 
How do you like to coach? What do you like to coach about? What's the end objective you like to take people to? What's the relationship look like? There's so many varieties within the coaching industry that if we don't do some self-study and dig into the specifics of what that looks like within the coaching landscape, then we're, we're selling ourselves short. We're selling our people short. That's how people decide if they want to come work with you as their coach. Exactly. It's what helps us stand out and how we express that. And so as coaches are finding their purpose, because I would imagine that some of the listeners listening to this episode, they're like, I know my purpose. I'm a coach. It's what I do. And like you said, there's some more self-study to really refine what is that purpose? How does it show up? How is it expressed in what ways? Whether it's, you know, marketing or resources or programs or packages or retreats or how do you build your business to reflect your purpose? And so how do coaches go through that process? It's a great question. I actually have quite a few ways to help people with this, but something that I can right now give to your listeners is a really good indicator of where their purpose, or as you've referred to it sometimes today, where their calling lies within coaching. So that's a really good question. Where does my calling lie within coaching? That's the through line that your friend was talking about that can be applied to everything and should be. If it's our calling, if it's our purpose, we should be living it 24-7. We should be living it all the time, in other words. So something that I have people identify is energy. They look at energy. What I mean by that is every person you talk to, everything you do, whether personal or professionally, it either adds to your energy or it decreases your energy. And sometimes it remains the same. Watching that, studying that. So actually something that people can do that I recommend just on a sheet of paper, track your energy throughout the day. And I I suggest to people track anything that's 15 minutes or longer. And you can do a ranking, assign a ranking to it on a scale of one to 10, 10 being full on charge Where does that particular activity or interaction with a person rank on the scale of one to 10? So 10 means coming off of that interaction or coming off of that activity, my battery is fully charged. I love the analogy of having an internal battery for this. One, conversely, if I come off that interaction or if I come out of doing that activity and I feel so drained, that would be a one on that scale. And then of course, any points in between. Well, you do that for a week or two, Melinda, and you start to see a pattern and you can start to really hone in on what are the things I love to do and what are the things I'm not so interested in doing? Well, if you want to customize your coaching practice around you, which of course is a smart idea, then you should specialize in just the things and the types of people that bring you energy. One of the things that I would do early on in my business my first coach who actually became my business partner, Kate, she really did a great job of instilling in me, you don't want to work with just anybody. You want to work with the right people who line up with you, who you love, because that is amazing. And she said this, just this off the cuff comment. She said, when you look at your calendar for the next day and you see coaching clients on there, if you're saying, oh my God, I've got to talk with them today, they should not be your client. But if you're saying, oh my God, I can't wait to hear what they have to say. She really coached me on those draining people. It's like, it's not bad. It's just not my person. I'm not their person. So release them so that they can find their person because it's not me. And the relationship will feel forced. And so I, early on, I really protected that. And I was like, okay, I want to 
look at my day, look at my calendar and be so over the moon excited about who I get to talk to that I would just, I'm like, I can't even, I can't even believe I get to do this. And it served me so well in filling my business. But how did, especially early on, we got a lot of new listeners and they're like, I just want to work with anybody. I got to make money. I need, just give me coaching clients. So when we're in that early stage, how do we balance the fears with our purpose? It's such a great question. I agree with everything you just said. And I love it because the marketing industry will suggest to us that kind of scarcity mindset, like, yikes, if I don't take on anyone and everyone, then I'm I'm going to sacrifice my table. I won't be able to get the groceries, you know, feed the kids, whatever. But in actuality, from an abundant mindset, let's just say that you are custom designed by the divine to fulfill this purpose. So if you're custom designed to fulfill it, you've been given everything within what I refer to as your blueprint to do so. Awesome. But there's a second component to that. And that is that your community, and when I refer to your community, the bulk of them are your clients, but there can be other people too, like your your own coaches, your friends, family, whatever. But the bulk of your community are the people that you bring value to. Well, I will tell you, that I believe your community existed before you did. So they're out there right now waiting for you. But if you show up in a way that is contrary to who you are, just because you're trying to make ends meet, you won't make ends meet. You'll lose tons of energy. That other person won't get any value. And yeah, you might make some money, but it's actually at the detriment of a person who could be in that same spot that's actually your person. So the trick is to trust. It's a huge faith issue, I believe. Yeah, trust is a big one, and uh, which is why I think we have to surround ourselves with that community. Now, when I think of purpose, again, I went back to my own journey, and I got my purpose through a whisper, a voice. That's it's how I've always heard things. That's how my intuition speaks to me. So going out there for just a moment. Uh, and so I'm riding down the road. A lot of our listeners know this story. It's on our website. And driving down the road or riding down the road, and I heard this voice. I didn't understand it. It was like words and phrases, of course, not complete sentences. I wish that would be different, but it's not. And I'm writing it down on a napkin. And so I felt like this was downloaded to me, given to me. It wasn't like I was sitting around going, you know what? I'm going to help coaches with their business and I'm going to create a software so they can manage like not in a million years did I ever imagine I would be doing this. But I heard that voice, that whisper wrote it down on a napkin, let that percolate for a while, and then it unfolded to what it looks like, you know, 19 years later. And I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to screw this up. How do we navigate our purpose? Uh, Because I really wrestled with that one a lot is I don't want to mess this up. Can we mess up our purpose? That's such a great question. Uh, No. No. That's the simple and honest answer. No. It may look like you do, but you don't because there is an eternity to your purpose. And so even though it may look like you go off the rails for a while, I guarantee you that the whole concept of a calling means that you'll get right back on track. So if we can set down our concerns and fears and pride that work on us from both ends, right? Our pride tells us that we're the best thing since sliced bread in one minute. The very next minute tells us that we're the worst, that we're awful, less than. Neither one of those are true. You are a direct expression of the divine, infinite intelligence. You cannot help but be that. And that's the only way that you can actually fulfill this calling that you all have to make a massive difference in the world. 
Now, what are some misconceptions or challenges that coaches face when trying to fulfill their purpose and service to others? How can they overcome these hurdles? It's a good question. I think we've talked about probably the big ones in that purpose people tend to become trapped in the paradigm that purpose is something that's done outside of me. And then I have to find it out there. So there's that. There's the other one that we talked about with the marketing concept that in order to, that I eventually will get there. But for now, I have to take anyone and, and I have to be willing to do anything. That's also a misnomer. And then another one that comes up a lot with my clients is this belief that I have to be perfect in an area before I can coach in an area. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the biggest tragedy because we will never be perfect. We'll always be on a journey of evolution and design and unfolding, unveiling. Always. It's an eternal journey. So our people are not only right there behind us, but they also want to go where we're going, which again is why it's so important to identify the, the, ask yourself the question, how am I unique within the coaching sphere? How does my purpose show up within the large landscape of coaching? Because then you can communicate that to your people and they can, they can find you. But one of the things your community needs to see are your own scars, bumps, and bruises. And if you're trying to get yourself all dusted off and situated and perfect before you open your mouth and speak, they'll get a different feeling from you. It'll be off-putting, intimidating, cold. This is a huge paradigm shift within the coaching industry. I need to accept that I'm not perfect, that I'm not there yet. I just want to let that settle in right there. As a recovering perfectionist, I know I had to let that one really sink in and become profoundly okay with the discomfort of being an entrepreneur, that that was just a part of the process. And so I think that's a huge paradigm shift to make. How does being connected, I think this is an obvious question, but I'll ask it. How does being connected to a deeper purpose enhance the coaching experience and the creating of transformational results for our clients? When you are connected to a deeper purpose, you're willing to make mistakes, aren't you? You're willing to get outside your comfort zone. You're willing to experiment. And I just don't believe that you can make an impact. It's like scratching the surface. If you're, if you're connected to a surfacey purpose, uh, I want to make more money, for example. I want to grow my business. You know, the, all of that is surfacey. It's something I refer to as being outside the doors and windows. So a deeper purpose is in the realm of spirit. When you're anchored to that, not only are you much more colorful because you're experimenting, you're, you're, you're pursuing your curiosities, you're willing to say no to people, you're willing to say no to services, you're willing to specialize, you're willing to try new things, take risks, make sacrifices, et cetera. That is genuinely the only way you can truly make an impact. It goes from if you're connected to a surfacey purpose, something that's external to you, then you will make a surface difference. It's not that you won't make a difference, but it'll be on a surfacey level. You'll just scratch the surface, like the tip of the iceberg. If you're connected to a deeper purpose, your genuine purpose, your real reason for being here, which again is divine, then it's the rest of the iceberg. <laughs> now your impact is deep, deep, deep. It's crater deep. It goes clear to the core of a person and it literally will change their life. Now, when it comes to going into that deeper process as a coach for ourselves, how long does it take? Like, is there a time frame that we need to be sitting here going, okay, I need to really spend this much time on it? Are there, are there different stages? Like you talked about having that blueprint. Are there different characteristics 
that one goes through to really deepen and have a better understanding of their purpose? It depends upon the person. Confidence is huge. That's a great characteristic. As you grow in confidence, you'll start to notice that doubts and fears that used to assail you, you can just kind of brush them aside. Oh, that's a beautiful indicator that you're getting there, that you're making progress. Another one is the energy thing. So if you are starting, you you talked before, uh, such a great example. When you look at your calendar for the next day and you, you're kind of dreading it, that's an indicator there's room for growth there. When you look at your calendar for the next day and you're loving it, that's indicator of progress. That's indicator of growth, that growth has occurred. So the transformation is what you're looking for. What did I used to get hung up about? What did I used to be fearful about? And what am I now fearful about? How is my energy level yesterday compared to how it is today, et cetera? When we're working with our clients to help them discover their purpose or deepen their purpose, are there other things that we can do to help them navigate those fears, uncertainties, discomfort, the newness of it? One of the biggest ways I use myself and use with others to overcome fear is the recognition of the individuality. How are you one of a kind? Because guaranteed, we hear this all the time, you are one of a kind. It's one thing to kind of know that logically, but then to study it is supreme. Because so in the blueprint process, we create a three foot by three foot banner filled with 100 ways in which we are unique. Wow. I have that puppy on my wall. And yeah, as you reacted there, yes, it is super powerful. I look at it every week and I remind myself of how I'm unique, not only for self-confidence, but also for direction. Like, okay, what's next? What can I do next for my business? What can I do next for my people? What can I do next for my family? How can I use this stuff more? So knowing how you're one of a kind, all the nuances is so important because when the chips are getting you down and things are not looking the way they're supposed to be looking, I go look at that thing. I look at my blueprint. It reminds me of who I am and why I'm here. And that immediately raises my head above the fray. I can see clearly again. And even though the circumstances haven't changed, because I've raised my head above the fray, I can see solution. I can start to problem solve. My creativity has returned. And I'm just imagining this beautiful three foot by three foot blueprint on your wall. Love that idea. I could also imagine it would be a good decision-making tool if you're presented with different opportunities or decisions that you have to make in your business or your life. You can go to that, see where you are unique to help inform what direction you might go in or what choice might be made or what decision is made at that moment. Now, when people come to work with you, they're creating that blueprint. Are you actually, do they come to you and say, hey, Tammy, help me with my purpose? Or are they coming to you to say, help me with my marketing or help me with my business growth or help me get clients? And then you help them find their purpose as part of that work. Or is it very intentional that that's what you're doing? It's a great question. And this goes back to who are your people? Who do you love to work with? And what do you love to do for them? My community consists of seekers. So when they come to me, they're saying something to the effect of, there's more for me to do, and I'm not sure what it is, and it's killing me. So I help seekers seek. That's my purpose. That's my reason for being here. So when people are coming to me, coming to the blueprint process with me, that's what they're saying. They're indicating there's something more. Whether they say it's something with my business, 
or which is often the case for me. I, I, I work predominantly with entrepreneurs. And so I've learned over time because of my community that I love working with entrepreneurs, but that's not what I use to find my people. I use that word seekers. I'm looking for people who are seeking something more than what their life is currently showing them. When I think about my purpose, right, that through line that I was talking about at the beginning of our conversation, for me, it's helping people be their best. That's the through line. And so as I transition to different chapters of my life, will that always be my purpose? You know, as I evolve, maybe it's new programs that I offer or new endeavors or new passion projects or new hobbies that I that I begin. Will that through line continue the same or does that change as well? It's a great question. Your through line never changes. How you understand it will. Now, we could keep talking about this topic forever, really. And I just want to summarize right now for our listeners some of the amazing things that we've talked about. I love how we kicked it off describing the distinction between calling versus purpose and how you said, really, it's the same thing. Purpose is more about the external, but also includes the internal. And that calling is from a higher power. And I love it's the landscape in which my purpose expresses itself. We talked about the through line. What's the through line through everything that you've been involved in? It helps to inform what our purpose is. We talked about how do we build a business to reflect that purpose? Where does our calling lie within our coaching? And you gave us a great exercise to track our energy as indicators and that we really can't mess up our purpose. We might derail it or get off track, but we really can't mess it up because it was given to us. We talked about some of the misconceptions about our purpose and some paradigm shifts when we're facing fears and pursuing our purpose, not only for ourselves, how do we navigate that fear, but how do we support our clients when they're just getting lost in that massive fear sometimes? We talked about that three foot by three foot blueprint, the hundred ways in which you are unique and putting that on the wall because that's your natural skill set. It's easy and it's fun and it's playing some part in your purpose. I've loved when you said this, the through line never changes. How you understand it will and how you express it will. I love all the different ways that we looked at this topic. Tammy, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Each and every one of you are custom designed to fulfill a purpose here on earth that nobody else can. You want to get on that. And the best way to do that is two prong. Understand how you are one of a kind. Study that. And secondly, develop your faith. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches and also a giant thank you to Tammy Brannon for this incredible conversation. You can find out more about her at blueprintprocess.com. That's blueprintprocess.com. And in the show note, you'll find how to contact Tammy for a free coaching call. Tammy, thank you so much for coming to the show. It's my pleasure, Melinda. Thanks for asking. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and For Better or For Work. Mishi Lance produced this episode. I wrote this episode together with her. Cynthia Lamb is our supervising producer, and Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to upcoming and previous great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might be listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you and see you next time.
Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.